0: Hello, everybody, and welcome back to Double Play Baseball. What you're about to hear is a discussion that Jack and I had for our YouTube channel, which is linked in our description. One discussion will be about the Mariners and Angels brawl, and the other will be about what the Phillies should do from here now that Bryce Harper is out with a broken thumb. So without further ado, let's get into it.
1: brawl brawl we finally got a good baseball fight like a legitimate punches thrown like no f's given baseball fight
0: glorifying violence over there but uh (laughs) but yeah it was an exciting brawl I mean that's the biggest one we've had in a while I mean they went after it twice out on the field and it was it was exciting to watch I mean yeah it was a fun one to watch
1: For those of you who don't know what we're talking about, first of all, welcome to the video, Double Play Baseball, I'm Jack, this is Ryan, we're talking about the Mariners and Angels brawl, it was a big fight that kind of spanned over the course of multiple days and really built up to this brawl that, as Ryan mentioned, had like two parts, two different big melee fights, sunflower seeds thrown onto the field, a whole bunch of craziness, let's break it down, it started on Saturday, which was game two, I believe, in the series between the Mariners and the Angels, the Mariners... Threw it Mike Trout's head. They literally went out, had a mound visit. And then the next two pitches, one goes right under Trout's chin. The other one goes right behind his head. The Angels were very upset. The Mariners would end up winning that game. But the Angels stayed in the dugout, including Phil Nevin, the manager, watching the celebration. They come in, and he just unloads a bunch of F-words. He goes at, towards Scott Service, who's the Mariners manager. F u m er We don't effin' forget shit like that. FU Scott and like the entire Angels bench is just like mugging the Mariners as they walk in. They're they're very upset because I mean it's Mike Trout. You throw out Mike Trout, you're gonna get some words thrown back at you. Um, and then some baseballs on Sunday. The Angels legitimately changed their pitching plan to start an opener. It's this dude's first start. His name's Andrew Wants. First career start. He in the first inning aims at Julio Rodriguez and misses him. Second inning. He goes out there and he was first apparently told first pitch of the inning, hit Jesse Winker right in the like right in the hip area, almost right where uh, Bryce Harper got hit in that Hunter Strickland fight. So Winker gets all upset. He knows that they were trying to hit him. He charges like Rysell Iglesias. That was it, Rysel Iglesias. That one time against the Phillies, or maybe it was a different pitcher. Just straight up goes at the entire Angels dugout by himself. Yeah, that was Amir Garrett. Amir Garrett against the oh against the Royals too, right? Goes enti- like straight up to their dugout. It's him against everyone. The first guy out of the dugout is Anthony Rendon, who's out for the season with an injury. He takes he's got his cast on this hand, uses this hand and bare hand slaps him like punches him in the face with his bare hand. Um, then everything goes to crap. Uh, Jesse Winker is beating on Ryan Tapera. Mike Trout runs in from the outfield to save Justin Upton. Shohei Otani is standing there off to the side being told like you can't enter this fight like you're too valuable for to get hurt or to get suspended. Um, It was it was a crazy fight. One other thing I wanted to talk about was the pitcher goes to Jesse Winker in the middle of the fight to apologize and he's like I'm sorry I had to hit you and Jesse goes you had to hit me. What do you mean you had to hit me and it was just
0: a, a crazy fight. What else did you like about it. It's just our first time we've seen punches in a while. You mentioned like Rendon and Rendon going at Winker, and then that that was like kind of as the benches were getting there. And then what was exciting is J.P. Crawford from over the top starts throwing some punches, and and then Jesse Winker from the side. I mean, it was right next to like the fans front row too. There were some crazy fan views of it. Players like falling into the netting. And then, and then it kind of calmed down a little bit and just be like, okay, it's over. And then, I don't know, someone said something and they started going again. And, uh, and then after they they just kept going at it and then finally it all calms down. And then Rysel Iglesias comes and just throws some seeds towards the Mariners dugout. And I didn't see this until either yesterday or the day before. But after that happened, it, it the fight almost started again. Like Jesse Winker started running towards the Angels' bull or uh, dugout, and one of the coaches had to hold him back. But it, it that could have started round three, which would have been insane. I don't know if that's ever happened, but uh, it, it was an insane fight. And that was that was a big one. Yeah, so Iglesias
1: was upset because the, the whole time he's seen on the outskirts of the fight not doing anything. Like He's he's just trying to help people like, no, don't fight. Let's not get too too far into this. And then he was among the people on the umpires list that got ejected from the game, and he had had enough. He's like, how am I the one getting ejected for this when I'm trying to hold the fight up? So he takes their entire seeds, chucks it towards the Mariners dugout right at home plate, um, and he was upset at the 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 umpires for throwing him out and then winker's like oh you're throwing seeds at us charges out of the dugout has to be like tackled to the ground so he doesn't start the third fight and then iglesias just destroys the dugout he's kicking everything and then throws all the bubble gum on third base it was absolutely hilarious oh and then and then winker on his way out after the uh, after the fight this was before the sunflower seeds thing but goes like full double birds to the fans um
0: double flipping off everyone in the stadium yeah, so before we get into kind of just fights in general, let's talk about the repercussions of this. There was f- five ejects, or no, ten suspensions, I believe it was, in total. Ten games for Phil Nevin, the Angels interim manager. Seven games for Jesse Winker, who kind of didn't initiate it, but kind of like got got it going by charging the dugout. Five games for J.P. Crawford and Anthony Rendon. Anthony Rendon will f- really feel the effects of that one. And then three games for Wants and Tapera, and then two for J Rod and Rysel Iglesias. So, I mean, starting off, that's going to hurt my fantasy team right there. (laughs) Seven for Jesse Winker, who is on my team, and five for JP Crawford, who is also on my team. So, I'm going to need some find find some replacements, but those are some big suspensions. Yeah, well, yeah. And I was talking about my this with my dad yesterday, I think it's really
1: cool how in hockey there are pretty much no suspensions for a fight, you just get a couple minutes in the penalty box, um, but that's I guess only for the people involved in the fight, if you leave the, same thing with the NBA, if you leave the bench you're going to get suspended a game um, but I don't know, I feel like this is kind of excessive, the only one that I think is not excessive is Phil Nevin like, the dude literally switched up the Angels pitching plan, threw an opener in there, told him to hit him It's like you maybe don't Go out of your way to, to cause this issue by like putting in an expendable opener to hit the guy like, and then argue about it with the umpires and make it clear that was your plan this whole time. That I think a ten game suspension is warranted. But like Jesse Winker is the one getting thrown at. He goes to stand up for himself in the Angels dugout
0: and gets seven games. I don't know. I don't know about that. I mean, just kind of getting into brawls, suspensions themselves. Do you think? at all is throwing at someone ever justified oh yeah
1: well okay yes because if your teammate gets thrown at then then you have to throw back at the other team i mean like realistically especially when it's mike trout and especially when it's up and in Like i don't really care i wouldn't care as much if mike trout's getting like grazed near the hip but if you're throwing at the head of the best player in baseball you're absolutely throwing at the other team and that's why i think like what nevin did even though it's pretty cruel and like kind of messed up. And I understand why he got 10 games. It's something you have to do as a manager. Like you can't not respond to that. Um, The thing the Mariners were upset with was they didn't even hit Mike Trout. But when you're throwing up in that head area, like you're just asking for it and you have to go out and and hit Winker. When you miss Julio Rodriguez though, in the first inning, I don't, I, I don't think they needed to go out and then hit Winker in the second inning. Like they didn't hit Trout and then the first inning, they didn't hit Julio Rodriguez. I don't think they needed to further extend it and then hit Winker to start the second.
0: So if... I I, I tend to agree if you're thrown at, then you... you, I mean, you can't just take that sitting down. Like, mm-hmm. s- send some sort of message, whether that's thrown behind someone or at someone. Kind of depends on the situation. But then after that, I mean, you got to expect these suspensions, right? Are, are yeah. th- Those are justified as well. I mean, you're... Especially throwing at someone's head, that's I mean that, that's frankly put, putting the player in danger. And so you, you gotta expect suspensions and if you're if you're an MLB you you have to give out those suspensions as well. What whether it discourages fighting or throwing or not, which is I mean, I that's what suspensions are really supposed to do. I mean, they're yeah, they're punishment, but they're also saying, like, if that happens again, we're gonna suspend you this many games. Like it's it's kinda set in precedence for that. So I mean yeah yes you have to protect your players in some some sort but you also have to then expect some punishment coming your way
1: Well, and I think that's why Nevin went with Wants as the starter. He's like, I don't want one of my regular starting pitchers to be the one that gets suspended five or three games, which is what Wants ended up getting. He's like, I'm going to throw this guy who's never made a career start, and he's the one one that's going to do it, and we're going to keep Trout, and we're going to keep Shohei out of it, and we'll be fine. Also, I don't want to seem like we're painting the Mariners as the bad guys for throwing at Trout first because we got to go back all the way. It's like nine or ten days now. Did the Angels in a game hit Justin Upton in the head? Like, there's, there's, I think, clear also precedent for the Mariners being upset. Now, I don't think that means throw back at Mike Trout's head, but there's, I mean, if you're going to debate it one way, I feel like it, it goes the other way as well, that if the Angels, if it's okay for them to hit Jesse Winker because Mike Trout was thrown at, like Justin Upton was actually hitting the head about 9 or 10 days ago, so maybe the Mariners have a reason as well. One thing that sticks out to me, though, is... I normally like I think baseball fights are kind of lame compared to other sports like we don't actually really get fights we just get like the benches clearing that's why everyone always calls it like oh it's a brawl or it's not like oh it's a brawl it's just oh benches cleared out in Houston or out in Baltimore it's like no most of the time it's not actually fights this one was legit and it was awesome
0: yeah it was it was definitely entertaining i'll say that i i i, I want to see one in person just for the experience of Feel like the crowd would be electric and that sort of thing, but yeah, I I'm kind of torn on wh- whether it should have a place in the game. I mean, obviously it's entertaining from a fan perspective, but I mean it could be dangerous. I mean, something it wasn't necessarily in the brawl, but it was as a result of the brawl. Do you see what happened to Archie Bradley? Oh he uh, goodness. I I believe it was a broken elbow yep. from he was trying to jump over the rail of the dugout and fell on his elbow and broke his elbow. He face planted. So I mean, I mean that's not that's not because of the fighting, but it's because of the brawl. I mean, so I mean injuries can really happen, and then like like you said, you want to they wanted their stars to stay out of it. Like you don't want them to get hurt. So I mean, yeah, I feel like if something happens to your guys, you have to you have to respond, and when you respond, that usually means uh, some sort of benches clearing will happen. But I mean, there's a. There's pros and cons of it, and, I mean, it could leave your guys hurt. And, I mean, imagine if that was one of the one of the stars that got hurt. I mean, I'm, I'm not saying it doesn't matter because it's Archie Bradley, but if that was like, I, I don't know, Julio Rodriguez coming out of the dugout and he breaks his arm and he's out for an extended period of time, I feel like it's more of a story. but And, I mean, yeah, brawls can be dangerous is what the bottom line is.
1: I think my final verdict would be it's okay to respond and I think it's sometimes necessary to stand up for your players if they're being thrown at. That being said, I would say anything above the letters is off limits. Yeah. I, like there's I, no reason you should be throwing at a head. I agree. So I, I think hitting Winker in the side was okay, but then again also in the first inning they threw high on Julio Rodriguez. So it's it's a mess. I mean all these they're running on a lot of adrenaline when they do this. There's a lot of anger that goes around in baseball when it comes to hit by pitches. There's a whole problem with that this year because of the the baseballs. Pitchers are complaining. That's probably what happened in the Upton one. I doubt the Angels would voluntarily hit Upton in the head. But that being said, that made the Mariners clearly upset. They went out, they threw at Mike Trout pretty clear and obviously it was the same situation in which they intentionally walked him the night before it's time they decide we're not going to pitch to him they have a mound visit and they just throw at him on two straight pitches so it's it's definitely frightening uh for baseball because it's dangerous but then again I think it does necessitate some response and you know Phil Nevins absolutely has some balls in this one because he's an interim manager he if he wants to get this angel's job and prove that he can take it on for the future he's now suspended for almost 116th of the season um, after already coming in 40 50 plus games into the se- into the year so um it's it's an interesting choice I think the 10 games was warranted but uh just overall I think it's much better baseball fight than we normally get but it does make you think
0: about some of the unwritten rules when it comes to fighting in general and definitely one other unwritten rule that we't mention is if, if you're gonna do it like we said don't don't go for the head and I, we saw this earlier I think it was in a, in a Cubs I forget their opponent opponent but it was Cubs Brewers with McCutcheon I believe if if you're gonna if you're gonna throw it, I'm, like it's it's gotta be the first pitch like I mean if you miss then move on like you sent the message like especially with that Cubs Brewers one is I think the first one was a slider away to McCutcheon because I think in the post-game interview, McCutcheon was like, I was expecting to be hit that that I bat. I forgot how it got there. But then they threw a slider away, so he was like, okay, they're not hitting me. And then the next pitch comes at him. So they kind of got him settled in. And that's another thing that you shouldn't do. You, you, if you're going to do it, first pitch, midsection ribs, uh, legs, j- I, I, go, go for that. Then if you miss, you miss. It's over. Pitch to the guy. That's
1: why I think Winker was probably the most upset, is I think he watched them throw at Julio Rodriguez, and they weren't successful with it. And at that point, like, you stop there. I think you you do need to throw. If they're throwing at Mike Trout's head, you do need to throw probably back at them. But that also doesn't mean you have to hit them every time, considering they didn't even hit Trout. And when you miss Julio, don't go for Winker in the next inning. But, yeah, I think that, that that's a good thing that you brought up, just making sure to do it on the first pitch.
0: Yeah, I mean, I've got nothing more to say about the Brawls. Other than... They are entertaining.
1: Yeah, this is probably, I would say, the most entertaining one we've had since uh, Bautista and Rugnet Odor, because that one we got like a legitimate marquee matchup with a real f- punch thrown and landed, and it was pretty awesome. Yeah, and you... It's like in full view, too. Like the ones, the punches we saw the other day were in this big melee circle, but this one there's so many pictures of just Rugnet's fist planted right on Jose Bautista.
0: Yeah, you rarely get ones like that. Even when the batter charges the pitcher, I feel like, Catcher or first baseman's usually there to kind of, like you'll you'll have one shot, but that's it. I mean, they were like they were like the only guys out there. They they had a few few seconds to land some punches. That that rarely happens.
1: Most of the time, it's kind of like glorified hugging with like fists, or Bryce Harper missing with a helmet. But I was good to see some real punches thrown in this one. Of course, we don't want to condone violence. TikTok, if you're listening to us, we're not trying to uh, glorify violence, I think, as they put it in their terms of service when they took down our video about the brawl. Uh, So hopefully YouTube doesn't do the same thing. We're just reporting on this from an objective point of view. All right, that was discussion one that Ryan and I had. We hope you enjoyed hearing about the brawl. And you can go to our social pages and let us know what you thought. It was really one doozy of a baseball brawl but now we're going to get into the second discussion this was also another youtube video that we did if you're not subscribed already we have a new youtube channel we'd really appreciate you going to subscribe maybe you can watch those videos there if you'd rather see our beautiful faces and still hear what we have to say you can go there subscribe leave a like on the video but without further ado here is what ryan and i had to say on what the phillies should do now that they have bryce harper on the injured list
0: So Bryce Harper's hurt now, and it's really what do the Phillies go from here? We've seen a lot of stars getting hurt, but the Phillies, especially, are a team that you know they're on they're on kind of the border. They could be a wild card team. They can make a push to be a wild card team, or they can kind of you know trade away some guys and and kind of look for the future. It kind of failed experiment with the lack of bullpen and defense. So and no manager, mind you. So pick. Pe- Pose the question, what should the Phillies do now that Harper's on the IL? So I've been saying this, I'm, I'm pretty sure all
1: season. And then when Joe Girardi was fired, I fully bought into it. The Phillies should give up. Like the, this, this Phillies experiment is not working. Bryce Harper is performing at an MVP level just like he did last year. And the team just is not there. Like it is not good enough to compete for a world series. And I don't care if you can like weasel your way into a, pl- into a wildcard spot with re- which right now they're not at, they're not, they're three back of the wild card. They're in, I think fifth place among NL wildcard hopefuls. It, what, what good does it do if you weasel your way into a wildcard spot? Because really the future of your team isn't that bright. I mean, they've got, Guys that have come up recently like Stott and Moniak and Baum, but other than that, like they're the team that they're building is built to win now, and winning now doesn't mean weasel your way into a wild card spot and not compete for a World Series. And so I think even now that Harper's hurt, and I was thinking this before, the Phillies should really pack it in, see if you can get value from trading a couple of guys, and then really this offseason, think about the way you're constructing this roster, this organization from manager and general manager all the way down to the players in the farm system and then everything in the middle with uh, players on the field because I really don't think that they've constructed this organization well over the last couple of years. And I think this roster is honestly a mess right now.
0: I'm, I'm actually going to have to disagree on this one. I think maybe not... Maybe not go all in this season and go for a World Series now, but I I still think I mean they signed Castellanos and Schwarber to multi year deals, and and like you said they are still disappointing. Harper's putting up another MVP caliber season. You're getting all star seasons from Zach Wheeler and Aaron Nola from the starting pitching, and yet they're third place in the in the NL East. So, but I think what you can do is. I I do think one move I'd like to see them make for this season is maybe look to trade for an Andrew Pennintendi, who's a left-handed bat. He can fill the outfield now. Maybe you re-sign him. He's good on defense, so he'll fill a hole in the the corner outfield if you re-sign him. He'll fill it now if you trade for him. Be a left-handed bat while Harper's out and be a key defensive piece in that outfield, so maybe I mean that's not like a huge superstar splash where they're they become like contenders all of a sudden, but I I do like that deal for the Phillies. Add another bat, add a good glove, and maybe you can re-sign them, and then I and then I think that turns them to a wild card contender at the very least, and I think honestly a wild card birth, like yeah, it's like looking at it like oh they're just wild card. They never had really a chance, but for the phillies who've struggled for a while now since they were good in like the early 2009 to 10ish range where they, they won a world series in that time they haven't really done much since and i feel like a wildcard berth getting into the playoffs and wildcard is three games now so i mean you throw out Aaron Ole, Wheeler maybe you get lucky and you move on to the division series and i think i think that'd be a that'd be a success for the phillies team but i think adding A guy like Benintendi now maybe re-signing him. And then going after some free agents. There's a lot of good starting pitching that that, they can add one more. And that'd be a three-man rotation that I think they can get some of these guys for relatively cheap. You got Noah Syndergaard, Evaldi. Looking at some of these guys who are free agents. I think you can get maybe another starting pitcher. As well as there are some relievers available as well. You got Araldis Chapman, Kenley Jansen, Craig Kimbrell. Zach Burton. maybe you get like a, a veteran who's solid to kind of lead the bullpen and just getting a guy who you trust late in games because right now they've got Corey Knebel who who's, who's who's been good. I mean he, but not great. He's kind of one of those guys who he's either shutting you down one two three in the ninth or he's giving up five runs and without without recording an out. So I think maybe you sign one of those veteran guys who who you think can. Kind of hold it down, one one to two-year deal, and maybe, maybe even throw in a bag at Edwin Diaz. I, I doubt he'd go to the Phillies from the Mets, but I mean, make a push for a guy who is going to help out your bullpen, and maybe a Andrew Benintendi who's going to help defense as well. And all of a sudden, if you add a key defensive piece in the outfield and a, a relief pitcher while developing, developing Stott and Bohm and Moniak, I, I think and getting Bryce Harper back healthy for next year, I think you're looking at a team who who can definitely compete for a wild card spot. And maybe with a big move next season, as long as everyone stays healthy, they can turn into contenders.
1: Yeah, I think that makes sense. And, it, and you're right, Like we don't really normally see fire sales in baseball unless you're the A's or other teams like that. So I doubt the Phillies would tear down what they've tried to do over the past couple of years. Maybe what I mean more is just like, Tear things down from a perspective standpoint of like what you're trying to build. Because I think right now what they've been doing is you're like, you know what, we're just going to go after the bats. We don't care about defense. We're going to make these big splashes. Um, And it just hasn't worked for them. They signed Schwarber and Castellanos, much to, I think, the chagrin of a lot of Phillies fans. Because they're like, our defense is already not that good. We have some bats. And this isn't going to help us at all. It'll hurt us on defense. And even though I think we came into this season thinking, wow, they've got a lot of big boppers in that lineup. This is the lineup they're going to be rolling out against righties right now. It's Didi, Adubel Herrera, Alec Boehm, Stott, Moniac, Like all those guys are in the starting lineup. It's just an offense. that doesn't scare me for a defense. That's not actually that good. I know Harper is out, but I just think from an organizational standpoint, they need to, even if they're not going to tear everything down and, undo all of the moves that they've tried to make over the past couple of years, just really sit down and focus on the core philosophies of the organization um, and and find somewhere to shift it because they can't just keep going out there every year saying, okay, we made these free agency moves that should push us over the edge. When in reality, I think they just need to look at the philosophy a little bit more, maybe become more analytically focused, um, bring in some new minds at possibly GM and manager. I think if you do that, then maybe I can understand sticking with the same roster because you're right, they do have pieces. Maybe they're uh, an Andrew Benintendi away from finding a little key to switch up this offense and line up a little bit or some some bullpen changes because they really need it. Their bullpen is second to last in win percentage added this year. And I think first and last is the A's. So they're in bad company. But if you're going to keep the roster the same, I think you need to change the minds that are shaping that roster and then filling out the
0: nine person lineup card every day yeah i think a change would definitely help because i mean obviously we've seen the last few years whatever they whatever strategy they have it's it's not working and i think i'm just looking at the list of guys who are going to be free agents this year i mean you're Gregorius is on there, so you're going to need a new shortstop, whether that's going to be Stott for the future or if you want to put Stott at second. But you're going to need some new guys. And I think you sign a relief pitcher, trade for Ben Benintendi. If you don't sign him, look for a guy who's maybe not, maybe not elite offensively, but has a great glove. And I think, I mean, we know they have guys who can swing it in the lineup. Cassiano, Schwarber, they're gonna be guys who like are streaky. Not not really streaky, but they'll 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 put up solid numbers over the course of the season. They won't be Mvp caliber bats, but that you've got Harper to do that. R- Real Muto, he struggled this year a little bit, but you know he's gonna be solid. And I think if you add a guy who maybe isn't that caliber offensively, but can hold down a defense like Ben who has potential to be a solid offensive hitter as well, I think there's, you maybe go after a Joey Gallo if the price is right, a guy who can hit hormones, but he's elite defensively, and if the shifts get in band, who knows, maybe he gets lucky, starts getting some of those line drives or ground balls to the right side to to get through, and I think maybe with the way uh, Gallo's doing, you can get that for relatively cheap, and at the very least, you're getting a gold, gold glove caliber glove in the outfield who has the potential to add some more offense to the lineup. So I I feel like there's a lot of ways they can go, but I feel like it's obvious they need to address defense and the bullpen.
1: Joey Gallo and Philadelphia sports fans would be like the worst, most toxic combination of all time. Yankees fans are already like on his case and they're just struggling with having him on their team this year. But Philly fans are just something else. I don't think that they would take to Joey Gallo very well, watching him strike out all the time. But you're right, I think that there are some moves that they can make, but I one thing I definitely wouldn't condone is going like all in this season because I don't think this is their year. And I think we've been saying that for a couple of years now and I don't think also shelling money out this free agency will automatically push them over the edge next year. I think it's a combination of finding the right pieces, not just throwing a bag at the biggest hitters in free agency to try and fix your offensive problems. I think it's really methodically looking at it figuring out what you have on the roster, who can stay, who needs to go, looking in the minor leagues, like taking inventory of everyone in the organization and then methodically going after it one piece at a time, not X million dollars at a time like I think they have in previous off seasons and not just going after name value as well because we've seen a lot of teams have success analytically driven with guys who you don't know. Look at the Rays, look at the Giants, the Brewers have been doing it as well. I think the Phillies go after it based on guys you do know, and it just hasn't been working for them. I think there needs to be a change in that organization. But that's I still think you're right. There is some hope that they can turn it around because you're right, they do have some some good hitters. Aaron Nolan and Zach Wheeler both on our all star teams that we talked about in the last episode. They've been good.
0: Yeah, and I mean those two starting pitchers combined with a Harper on offense who you have signed long term. You've got Castellanos and Schwarber as well to be solid offensive contributors for a while. DH will help that going forward, and I just feel like you add another glove, maybe another consistent bat, maybe like like not a guy who's home run or bust. But if you add a glove and a consistent bat, whether it's the same, whether it's one guy or a couple of different pieces, and, and as well as addressing the bullpen, I think, yeah, I I think the. The window isn't closed. Yeah, they're kind of a veteran-based lineup right now, with like Gregorius, Romito, Harper, Schwarber, Castellanos. I I do think that there is still hope for the Phillies team, and I I don't think it's time to. It's time to change the mindset, but it's not not necessarily time to blow up the team.
1: I would agree with that. I'd say if they change the mindset and the team still sucks, then maybe you blow up the team next year. But I definitely I feel bad for Phillies fans because I think they like the Phillies front office has the right idea. They're trying to make moves to make the team better. I just think they're looking in the wrong places, and I think they're not looking at it through the right lens. And then they get hit with the... The Bryce Harper injury and the one move that they've made over the past couple years that's really proven to be a good one. He's now out. He's like double hurt. He had the previous injury that made it so he can't throw, and now he's got the broken thumb. I just feel really bad for Phillies fans. I hope they can turn it around. I mean, I'd, like, I'd love to see an NL East where them or the Marlins are also pushing the Mets and Braves at the top. I think it could be really entertaining because I think we've got more of those three team division races brewing um, across the majors in general. So it's something I definitely want to see happen. And I think the Phillies can get it done, but I think we
0: agree that it needs to be some kind of mindset shift. Absolutely. And one thing I didn't really think about that I'll mention real quick is you mentioned that Harper other injury where you couldn't throw that also was helping or hurting them defensively. I mean, Harper, I mean, He's not some elite defender, but he's better than, I mean, if you could throw Castellanos at DH instead and not have his glove there, whereas Harper, I mean, you you have to put him in the lineup. He's Harper, he's performing, and he can't throw, so you have to put him at DH, so now you're, those guys that you signed that can't really play defense now have to play the field. So that's another way that hurt him. And so I think, yeah, change of mindset will help, and I, I think it's, there's still hope for Phillies fans.
1: Yeah, well, thank you guys for tuning into this video. If you're a Phillies fan or if you're just a fan of MLB in general, let us know down in the comments section what you think the Phillies should do. Obviously, sucks to have Harper go down, but they need to go somewhere. Are they going to be buyers? Are they going to be sellers? Are they going to stand pat and then just figure it out in the offseason. Let us know what you think they should do or what they will do. And then also, while you're down there, please subscribe. Leave a like on the video. Check out all of our socials down in the description, some of our podcast episodes that we've done over the past couple weeks. Last week or the other day, honestly, we talked about the All-Star game and we filled out our full roster. You can go see what Phillies we had on that team. And then whoever from your favorite team, But or we've been Double Play Baseball, and we will see you guys next time.